Hi, welcome to Wondrous Moms. Educator Moms, we've got you. We're Felice and Christine. Between the two of us, we have five kids and several decades experience working in education from K-12 to higher ed. We know the joy and stress you are under as educators and moms and want to bring you the best and most helpful minutes of your week to help you get through it all. Welcome to episode five, juggling professor life and thriving with a fitness side hustle. This is Felice. Today we'll check in and share our crazy proud mom moments, and then we'll dive in and talk with our guest, Melissa Driver, about how she is juggling professor life and incorporating a fitness side hustle into her full life with three little girls. Hi, Christine. Hi, Felice. So you want to share your crazy proud mom moment of the week? My crazy proud mom moment of the week deals with this gigantic winter storm we got walloped with here in upstate New York. I am proud of myself because I spent an hour and a half outside in that freezing cold weather with my five-year-old and helped him build a snow fort, which is definitely not something I enjoy, but he wanted (laughs) to do it. And I thought, you know what, you can do this one thing for him. So I did it. We bundled up to our eyeballs and went out and did that. And afterwards, we played several hands of Crazy Eights, which I don't think I've played since I was his age. And that was a lot of fun. He really enjoyed it. And it's really a great game because it's colors and numbers. And I was really glad I made the time for him. So I'm really proud of myself for pushing everything else to the side and giving my full attention to him because he needs it. And I even put my phone away. I didn't even check my phone during all of that. Uh, That is good for you. I'm pretty good at ignoring my phone sometimes, but yes, I sometimes I'm not. And so I I totally hear that, especially if it's doing something that you're kind of like meh about. You're like, well, I really want to play Crazy 8. So let me just like look at this thing over here. Well, I'll just check my email while he's looking through his card. Nope. I am going to put it away. I'm so glad I did. How about you? Yeah, I was thinking about this past week and trying to think what stood out to me. And one thing I wanted to talk about as far as um, crazy proud mom moment was I got this idea from one of the teachers in my pre-K kiddos life about doing an interactive journal where you write back and forth to your kiddos. So obviously not with the pre-K, but I got journals for my two girls for Christmas and for... um, The past couple of weeks, they have been just nonstop writing notes in their journals. And then what they do is they leave them on my nightstand and then I'll write them back the next morning. And then I put it back on their nightstand. And then my eight-year-old is just like a really, she's really into writing. And she, this weekend during this whole crazy snow debacle, she wrote me back four times in one day, was kind of explaining some of the dynamics going on with her and her little brother and how she didn't like how sometimes he couldn't control himself. And we just had this back and forth in the journal and it was so cute and really excited that we have these journals now as a place to kind of communicate about the mundane and then about more important stuff as it comes up. That's so creative of you. I'm really- Well, it wasn't my idea, but I heard about it and I thought that's something I need to do because my eight-year-old's really into writing and she Mm -hmm. often doesn't talk that much to me. You know, she bottles things up and I'll lay down in bed with her and I'll say, you know, what do you want to share? Like, tell me about your week. Tell me about your day. Tell me about such and such friend. And Mm -hmm. she doesn't always reveal things too quickly. So I thought this was a really good strategy for working with her to kind of get some more information to me about what's going on in her inner world, you know? You feel safe doing it and having 
having to do the face-to-face conversation, which is sometimes awkward. And you know what? My older son does that sometimes, but he does it like, like through text instead. Oh, well, and that's maybe where it will evolve to, right? You know? Right. He'll say like, I'm sorry, I was crabby earlier and this is why. And he'll tell me in the text, but he wouldn't tell me to my face when he was being crabby. And so- It's good practice though. Yeah, it is. That's great. I like Yeah. So, you know, the the former English teacher in me, and I know you taught English as well, is like, I love this interactive journal we've got going on. Because I used to do that with my kids in eighth grade. We'd have interactive journals like that. And I always thought it was fun. They might not have, but I did. I was like, ooh, what did they write today? But it was almost really overwhelming too, because I had like 90 students, you know? So yes, your two kids. That's nice. So today we're talking with my colleague, Melissa Driver. We had the pleasure of working together as education professors, and she brings so much to her roles as mom, wife, professor, teacher, fitness enthusiast, and Melissa is a mom of three little girls, and I'll let her tell us a little bit about them in a moment, and she is an assistant professor of special education on the tenure track and has been able to carve out time to survive and thrive with a fitness side hustle. So glad Melissa was able to take time to chat with us today. Hi, Melissa. Welcome, Melissa. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. So Melissa, could you just tell us a little bit about your kids' ages and then kind of your main job and side gigs that you have going on at this time? Definitely. So like you said, I have three little girls. The oldest is about to turn five years old in February. Wow. The middle one, yeah, is two and a half. And then my youngest one will be seven months in a few days. Um, oh. busy. <laughs> I did say they were sweet. little. They are little. <laughs> yeah, and I am on the tenure track at a university. Um, and it has been a pretty good mix of teaching, research, um, service, sometimes a lot of service. Uh, sometimes um, I do a lot of program coordination. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the main thing that I'm involved in. And nice. then I also am a pure bar instructor and most recently also started working as a Rodan and Fields consultant as well. Wow. Oh, great. Another side gig. So we could throw that into the mix as we chat with you about oh, how you okay. juggle it all. Yes. <laughs> a lot to juggle. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about how, given your multiple responsibilities, how you structure your days with child care, school care for all the kids, and then getting out to teach class, peer bar class, and kind of just like the structure of how that all kind of looks throughout your week. And you can just totally generalize a little bit because I'm sure every day is very different. Yes. So it is an evolving puzzle piece is kind of what it feels like every week. Uh, My oldest daughter is in pre-K. So that is nice because it follows a pretty standard school schedule. So she's there from 8.30 to 2.30. And then we've kind of been piecing together childcare for the younger two right now. So as an assistant professor, there is some nice flexibility to work from home some days, which I very much value. And then my husband has a job that he can either work from home or he's out traveling. When he's gone, it's very difficult. And that is a very tricky puzzle. But when he's here, it's very helpful because we can kind of tag team. We have a couple different babysitters and part-time nannies that we use. And so we really just kind of at the start of the month and the week, look at what's coming up and say, you know, we always need a nanny on Mondays and Fridays. And then what weeks is 
is my husband traveling? You know, do I need extra coverage that week? Can I work from home with the younger two those days? Thankfully, my middle child is a rock star napper. I don't know how we got that lucky. The other two do not like to nap, (laughs) but I will take it. So thankfully, I'm able to get a pretty decent amount done on the days that I work from home with her. That's amazing. Yeah. You will work from home with the two little ones. That is impressive. So I can probably max out at three days for that. And then the level of productivity hits the floor. But it also, like in all honesty, involves either getting up at 5 a.m. or, you know, staying up for a several hours after bedtime. Yes, yeah. I understand that life. It's, that's Sometimes your best work has to be at night because there's sleep and it's peaceful. Right. And then you kind of get on a roll sometimes mm-hmm. and you yes. just want to keep going with it and there's no interruptions at that hour. So like you said, sometimes the best work actually happens there. And when I can make myself wake up early, really great work happens then. But that does not always happen. I am very impressed with that schedule. I am too, especially when you have little ones and a husband that travels because that's a lot to juggle. And the side gigs. So (laughs) as you know, my kids are all about two years apart as well. And those were some very interesting times. I can tell you on the other side, it gets a little bit easier, but the challenges just kind of shift a little bit. But you know, not having to change diapers is like a huge, a huge plus. (laughs) No diapers. I am looking forward to that for sure. So adding in the layers of the side hustles, um, you know, so far it's worked and I'm thankful for that. Right now with bar, I teach two to three times a week. And so typically that will look like one morning class, early morning class, so a 6 a.m. class. And then I typically teach the early Saturday morning classes. Then that has ebbed and flowed over times. You know, before my third child was born, I was teaching a little bit more either during the day, the occasional night class. Um, You know, in higher ed, like I have to teach at least one night class, I feel like almost Mm -hmm. every semester. So then on the random semesters, I don't. I'm almost still in that habit. So it's easy to just plug in a few bar classes that night that I was used to already. You know, we had the pattern going there at that point. So right now it's worked well um, just with the early morning class and the Saturday class. And then once we get to summer and as the kids kind of get older and next year when they're in a little bit more consistent childcare, I'll probably increase the teaching load at bar as well. Um, And how did you get into that? Yeah, so it was really a sanity saver when I was doing my dissertation. I was just taking class then. And so I found Pure Bar when I was living in Charlottesville, working on my PhD. It was the first workout that I have ever wanted to actually stay with. Like I was very much about the what's trendy, what's hot, you know, oh, this new type of workout, let's go check it out. And then for whatever reason, that was just the one that just like met everything I was looking for. And at the time I was also running a lot, but then I feel like as I've gotten older and having three babies, like running has just become a little too high impact for my knees. And so Pure Bar has continued to stay like a very challenging workout that's also low impact. So I just loved it. And then when we moved, there was actually no studio close by once I moved for this tenure track job, which I was really bummed about. And then like the best day I saw a random Facebook ad that a studio was opening two minutes away from my house, which just like felt like serendipity. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I reached out to the owner because at that point I'd taken for almost two years and I'd always kind of thought, you know, this would be like kind of fun to do. Like, I feel like I could do this. It would be really fun. 
reached out if she needed instructors, um, and it turned out she did. And so I kind of onboarded right as the studio was launching, which has been really fun to essentially have been a part of the team since mm-hmm. you know they opened their doors. And that was three years ago. And do you feel like you get a lot out of this personally? Like, is this your release in a way to do these Absolutely. classes? Absolutely. And like every once in a while, you know, when life gets overwhelming, because it does, and the schedule Mm -hmm. gets really overwhelming, someone will bring up, you know, oh, well, is teaching bar too much? Or is that what needs to drop? And I'm always like, no, that can't be the thing (laughs) that drops. Because it it really does give so much. Like, it's such an amazing community of women where, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's nice to have that community and that outlet outside of the education world, too, because... I have amazing friends at work and I value them so much. But, you know, sometimes when you hang out with them outside of work, it can almost be like work 2.0 because you end up talking about it or you're thinking about something or a conversation continues on. And so it's nice to have this totally separate community. Right. People all ages, all stages. Um, you know, you have. That isn't just education driven all the time. Just education. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's really nice. And, you know, and especially We've had members there that have been there all three years. We have people who are new every day. So you really do build good relationships over time. And then the actual teaching is really fun too. So, and that's funny because I was not like a dance background or anything like that. I just liked taking bar classes. Um, And, you know, maybe like recreationally did some dance or cheerleading in my past, but that is not my, like, I would not put that on my resume of a skill set that I have. And so it's been fun to kind of build that musicality, you know, Mm -hmm. when you're teaching the class and it's like the momentum's building up and everyone's working so hard. And it's just like, it's a really fun energy. And I leave teaching so energized for the day. My head is clear. Yeah. So Melissa, with bar is the, so I know sometimes when people teach class, be it yoga, spin, whatever, it seems like sometimes they don't get to have as much of a workout, but I'm just kind of curious mm-hmm. with bar, do you get as much of a workout or at least enough of a workout that you don't in addition feel the need to go do something else on the days that you do bar class as a teacher? That's a really good question. So I would say no, like it's definitely not as challenging as if I'm just taking the class. When I teach two classes, I kind of feel like yeah, I've gotten a enough workout, especially if they're back-to-back. Um, I sometimes compare it to, like, taking a really brisk walk and talking uh-huh. the whole time while I'm doing that because you are, like, moving nonstop. So I would say it's in between a workout and nothing. So gotcha. it's nice <laughs> in the days that, like, it would be nice if I got a full workout. But when I can't, I still feel better because I've moved my body and, you know, I've done something sure. throughout it. Yeah. And it sounds like you've got a lot of early morning stuff happening between just early mornings on the weekend mm-hmm. with a weekend class. And then and then you have seven months old. Did you say your youngest yeah. is only seven months still? Seven so is she months. even sleeping through the night? I mean, none of my kids did at that age. So <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's a good night, but – it's funny because the early class, like half of the time, she would wake up that time already be up. The future. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, all right, well, it's not really Let's that go. different right now. <laughs> you have so much to juggle, but I totally get that. My, I don't have a side hustle, but I am on the board of a theater company. And people always ask me a similar thing. Well, shouldn't you give that up if you're so stressed about time? And it's like, but I need something that isn't my job. I need yeah. something where I can feel fulfilled in a different direction and not have to worry that 
I'm doing this to get, you know, ahead or climb up the ladder or it's just totally for me. Absolutely. So I get that. Absolutely. I get that. But it's nice that you can earn money too. Absolutely. It like achieves multiple goals in that sense. Keeps me moving, keeps me motivated, and then also there's an additional stream of income as well. Yeah, that's awesome. So Melissa, just to kind of add on to like the whole scheduling thing, and it sounds like between the little ones not having a super traditional eight to six daycare situation or whatever you might have for um, at different stages. How do you keep up the communication in terms of scheduling with your partner and the kids and work? I'm just always curious how people do it. I know that we have a meeting every night at my house on Sunday night after the kids go to bed and we sit there with our planners and we just kind of like get to it and figure out who's doing drop-offs, who's doing pickups, who's doing this, what are we doing for food? And I just kind of like go through everything, but I'm always just kind of curious what other people do when you have just so many different things happening. So that is our goal. We are working towards that like once a week meeting. And I will say sometimes we do it. Sometimes it's just kind of an ongoing conversation. We ha- we really rely on our calendars a lot. And they- thankfully, like two years ago, my husband got really into using his calendar finally. So we send each other. You mean calendar. electronic, electronic yep, invite? Like- I like, out, like Outlook, basically. Uh-huh. So like we send each other Outlook invitations for everything. And I try and be as explicit as possible. You know, Melissa is here. Dave must watch children at this time. Oh, in the invite. In the invite. <laughs> like that is the title of the invitation. <laughs> so wow. like the calendar looks a little bit much at times, but it has helped us know, you know, especially because when I'm scheduling my bar schedule, I'll do that like a month and a half ahead sometimes. But then, you know, as you know, things pop up throughout the weeks with kids or with work or his travel. And so it's helpful to know what the non-negotiables are on the calendar already. What are the things that, you know, is this a must have? Could you do that during nap time? Or that is a absolutely from 10 to to, you know, and then we also kind of talk about like, what's the priority level. So I have a call with my grant writing team, you know, from several different institutions, that's a higher priority, like, please, Mm -hmm. like, like, keep things calm downstairs type thing. (laughs) Or, you know, I'm just checking in with my colleague about our research, you know, presentation that we're doing that she's one of my closest friends, we could plan it in our sleep if we needed to, I can have children run around in the background, that's fine. So we try and almost like prioritize to what are like the the big must haves of the week, and then coordinate as much as possible from there. So it sounds like you have some intermediate, like ongoing conversations as things unfold too. Yes. And it also sounds like you're home together quite a bit maybe. (laughs) Yeah, which helps a lot. And it also honestly helps when he travels because it's just an easy, like I either need a person to come here and help watch or I can't do it or I have to do it from home. It's almost like almost simpler the times that he's gone because it's so much more difficult. Yeah. Oh, because you don't have to coordinate with another person, right? I don't have to coordinate. There is no backup coming. So, like, I have to figure that out. It's like, I can't do it, and that's it. And there's no Mm -hmm. way around it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. These are the days I'm on campus. So, it either has to happen then because we have a nanny coming, or I can talk to you on the phone, but it might be chaos in the background. Yeah. We have a big chalkboard in front of right before you leave the house. And on there, I write, the dates and times of everything that's going on and during the week. And the only person that looks at that is me. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> 
Every my older son is like, but you didn't tell us that. And I'm like, look at the board. And he's like, I don't read the board. Of this what I'm doing over here, people. Like, that is an so extra layer. <laughs> but- oh, I thought if there was a visual record, have I'm like a lawyer. Now right. it's on the board <laughs> and it's right there and no one can argue with me. Because oh, I totally feel you on that. Yeah. But Christine, that's a good point because our kids are little. Our kids don't go outside of our care at this point. Like they're always with an adult, whereas you have an 18-year-old. So yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit different. I have an 18-year-old and a five-year-old. So it's a weird juggling act because, yeah, the 18. Actually, I just said to the 18-year-old, on Mondays, I teach until 4 o'clock. You have to pick up Dash every Monday. You can do it for me. So it is weird. Because I do keep tabs on where my 18-year-old is, but the five-year-old, obviously, I have to schedule and mm-hmm. worry about care and all that. Yeah, it does almost seem more complicated if my kids were involved in our weekly meeting. Like I have not even wrapped my head around that. I just basically yeah. coordinate and schedule everything from play dates to doctor's appointments to getting where they need to go. Like that's kind of all on us. It's mm-hmm. not something that they're involved in yet. So that's just right. an interesting thing to think about coming like, oh, where's my 15-year-old? I don't know. You know what I mean? It's just <laughs> totally different ball game. I'm not even ready for that. I don't know. I keep hearing that this the challenges evolve. Like it's always challenging. Yes. They just evolve into something different, which is like. the social life. But I lift after school and then we usually go downtown and get pizza and I'm, but <laughs> I need help. You're going to have to pick him up. And I'm sorry that gets in the way of your lifting pizza schedule for Mondays. And you're right. I have to include him in some conversations because sometimes my husband just can't get out of work and I'm too far away to do it. So I need to like have him kind of pinch hit for me. But it sounds like Melissa, in your case, you're not around family or anybody, is that correct? So that where you live, correct. that is, and that is an added challenge. Absolutely. You had to create your own system, right. kind of like yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it would be that would be very. We always talk about, you know, that would be so nice to just have that that backup, especially when the kids are sick. I think that is the most challenging because. Right. To, like, I don't feel like I can really ask, you know, someone else to come watch them if they have the flu, because I don't want to spread those germs outside our house. And, you know, mm-hmm. the, some of our nannies have children of their own. And so mm-hmm. that's not fair to them. And it's just those, those random it complicates things, it. It really mm-hmm. does that you're like, but I really need to be at this place. But there's no one I can leave you with because you are highly contagious other than like a grandma who would be fine with it. And we don't have that. I'm lucky my mom lives near here, but I'm now getting to the stage. She's 71 and she's like, I don't know. One bad cold could kill me. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. Maybe I won't call you either. Like I, I don't. That's true, though. It really, <laughs> I so feel like true. I can't call her for flu situations either. So it's like it's me. I'm the one that has. And plus, I don't know about your kids, but mine always want me. Yeah. No one else. You know yeah, when they're sick. Like you want the. You know you want to be there for them in that point mm-hmm. too. Yeah, um, but that's, that's hard point. when you have classes and. Okay, do I cancel a class? What do I? It's it that makes it really complicated. I miss the old school teacher days when you could have a sub. I wish they had subs at our stage, you know, that you could have a sub go in and teach your class and you wouldn't have to worry about that aspect. Absolutely. So I should add that is one thing that's a really good point. So that is one thing that has helped a ton this year is that I'm teaching solely online. Um, which has been like, I really like the mix of teaching both face-to-face and online, but I will say this year with all of the different balls we are juggling, especially with a little, little one, the teaching online Mm -hmm. has been 
so good because I don't have to worry about the canceling of class. And that has been like a very big kind of weight off of my shoulders. Right. Yeah. With a baby, the nursing baby, I don't know if you're nursing, but assuming you're nursing and a toddler, I, yes, I concur because I had some semesters back when we worked together where I did a lot online and looking back, that was probably the best thing I did working as an educator mom with Mm -hmm. the little kids that I had when I had three kids under four. I mean, that was the best because now I am not in that same situation and I don't really know how I would be handling it, but it'd look a lot different. Right. Absolutely. It's been a very it's been a great support to be able to do that. Absolutely. That is a wonderful thing. And if you can figure out the whole flip classroom and do it that way, that works mm-hmm. out really well. So yeah. Melissa, um, what are some of the biggest highs and some of the biggest challenges in working your main job plus the side hustles? And feel free to add in anything related to your newest side hustle with the Rodan and Fields, because I know that's a relatively newer addition to your load. Um, but what are some of the best aspects of it? And then some of the things that are just like, oh, pay attention to this if you decide to add some more things onto your plate as an educator mom? Yeah, that's a really good question. So I would say the highs are when it all works together in the schedule, it's so great. And it feels so great. You know, like I feel very balanced when it's all working together. So Mm -hmm. I love what I do at the university. You know, I work preparing teachers. I love that. You know, when I'm actually getting to really engage in my research, I love that too. And then when it's actually balanced, the week is actually balanced out with getting to have that kind of energy burst from teaching Pure Bar, getting to actually take class myself there too, which is obviously Mm -hmm. like a huge perk of being an instructor there that I continually want to push myself to take advantage of a little bit more. Mm -hmm. But again, then I'm feeling really balanced there. And then also, you know, with the Rodan and Field stuff, it's been really fun just building this additional new community um, and just growing in that sense. I really value the growth, like just being able to grow in different spaces and continually kind of push myself and learn new things. And I just get energized from that. Well, thank you so much, Melissa. We really enjoyed having you on the podcast and we wish you best of luck with all of your endeavors. So as we do every episode, Christine and I are going to share our Survive and Thrives for the week. Christine, what? how are you surviving and thriving this week? So I made a really strong commitment to be proactive about healthy eating. I know everyone does when they hit January in the new year, but uh, I took it even further and decided to meal prep in advance, uh, which I used to do all the time, but kind of fell out of the habit of doing. I sat down, created a daily menu for every week. I'm centering on the Mediterranean diet. I'm also trying intermittent fasting on a 16-8 schedule. So I only eat um, during the same eight hours every day to keep from snacking. I've been losing some weight on that. I'm very excited about it. But as you know, we've had a horrible polar vortex, terrifying. Oh, yeah. Squall here. And 
very difficult because my method of exercise is almost always my road and walking it with my dog. And I haven't been able to do that. So I'm hoping now that I hear the vortex is breaking. (laughs) That's the rumor on the street. Yes, it actually is today. It's much warmer out. So much warmer out. So I feel like I can get back into that now. So that's what I've been doing. How about you, Felice? What have you been doing? Yeah. So one of my survive and thrive things is I discovered, I was just reading a magazine one day and I saw this write-up about an app called Canopy with a K. Okay. And it is a free app for library card holders. Certain libraries and college libraries, it sounds like as well, have made this app accessible and free for all of their library card holders. So you just log in with your library card information and they have a really big repository of movies and films for and classic films for adults, but they also have a tab for kids. So there's some really neat things on there. A lot of scholastic books that they made into movies and shows. So some really cute Mo Willems books, if you know him. They have Knuffle Bunny made into video. And so it's just really fun. So on these kind of really cold days, it's been a nice little treat to have my kids watch some of their favorite books come to life using this Canopy app instead of just the typical PBS Kids or Amazon or whatever they're watching. So that's awesome. that is my survive for the week. I like that a lot. I'm going to have to try to look into that. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of our survive and thrives have to do with sanity saving during the winter months for those of us who are somewhat holed up here in the northern climates. It can be a really long slog through the winter months for sure. Where can when you can't get your kids outside to play, that can get rough. As when you have little ones like you and I do, where all they want to do is go out and play in that snow when they see it and it's you can't because it's 14 below (laughs) (laughs) yes definitely all right well thank you for listening this has been episode five of wondrous moms thank you so much for listening and being a part of our community to all the wondrous moms out there surviving and thriving as educators and moms we've got you we always welcome your feedback tips tricks, ideas, and questions about how you are surviving and thriving as educator moms. You can message us at wondrousmoms at gmail.com or follow us at wondrousmoms on Instagram. Of course, we always appreciate you sharing the Wondrous Moms podcast with your tribe and leaving us a supportive review on iTunes. It's the best way to reach all the Wondrous Moms out there and support the collective work we are doing. Till next time.